Welcome to the SFTC Consultant Podcast, the podcast where we have open discussions with sales consultants, administrators, and architects. Today, we're speaking with Tyron Reed. He's a sales developer, architect, and entrepreneur. Tyron has been working as a sales contractor for over four years, and in this episode, we spoke about how he started his career in technology and Salesforce development after he graduated with a non-tech university degree. Additionally, if you find this episode interesting, I would really appreciate if you could share this episode with your peers, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review. My name is Tyrone Reed. I own a number of different companies, two of them are in IT and specialize in um, Salesforce CRM systems and development of IT um, platforms. Um, I'm a contractor outright um, within the CRM Salesforce in, um, industry. And um, today I'll be spe- speaking about um, Salesforce and the industry as a whole. What I was probably going to start with is, you know, we kind of hear this common this common kind of thread of, of, of people, uh, how they got into the industry. Um, yeah. And then there are probably two, uh, two categories, one, You've either worked in a um, in a um, business that implemented Salesforce, and then they said, "Here we go, you are now the admin." Yeah. <laughs> so that's one approach. You know, people kind of become the accidental admin. Um, or the second piece, you've probably gone into business or, or consulting, and you are, or you know, that that product kind of falls on you to implement, or you've implemented it with an, with another colleague or or team, and then you kind of fell in love through um, that way. Where do you fall in that category? Um, and how, how need need of those? Okay, <laughs> I'm very unique. I'm very. You're not gonna find someone like me. It's very. My story is very. People keep on saying I should do like, um, what's it called? I should do speeching. Um, what's it called? Like life coaching and all sorts. <laughs> um, I've got a lot. I've got a very big, a massive um, story, um, and it's very, it's very broad. It's very uh, dynamic. So. Uh, and for example, I even got a, I even own a luxury fashion um, brand. Um, that's even for example this year, uh, I my clothing was um, displayed in Paris Fashion Week. Um, last year it was displayed in the Cannes Film Festival on a red carpet. So I'm very broad, but sticking to IT, I'll tell you my story. Um, so I never went to school or uh, university for IT or computer, in, uh, computer science. Um, I actually studied sports and exercise science. I went to um, like sports B-Tech as in college. And I, I played some professional football, had professional trials. And then maybe like 11 years ago now, or a bit long, or a bit maybe 11 or 12 years ago now, now that we're in 2020, I stacked my Achilles tendon. And um, like my career was over. I couldn't play football. Um, I had a big cast. I, was, I had the cast for maybe for like eight months or something like this. And um, I didn't know what to do because my whole life was football and sports. Then one of my friends who just finished university um, studying um, computer science and web development, um, he's like, here's a free website. It was W3 Schools. Um, just learn web development basically for free. Um, and he was on a good wage. I think he was on um, 40K at the time. And um, at the time I said, okay, fine, I might as well do it while um, I'm trying to recover from my leg. And so I le- he said that it might take me like four to five years because it took him um, three, three years in university. And it only took me six months to learn um, web development. So that's HTML, CSS, JavaScript, jQuery, PHP, um, CSS, and CSS3. Um, um, so I learned that all by myself from this free website um, in like five, six months. And I started doing web development um, pages and developing a website. And then I thought, this is kind of easy. Let me learn more. So I then started learning um, C++ and Java, and that took me another five months. And then I just started picking it up quickly, and I was more determined to get into it um, simply because my friend who got me into it, he maybe in the year after he told me to get into it, he was on a higher wage. I think he was on 80K, and and I was picking up the language and the syntax very quickly. And so I wanted to get into um, IT, um, seeing as I learned it and I needed to start a brand new career. Um, I was determined to start a new career now I couldn't play football. And um, I couldn't get a web development, um, no matter how many, um, like I could get small jobs, but I couldn't get into a, like a firm or company, um, like simply because I didn't have any, most likely I didn't have any um, IT 
diplomas or university and things like this regarding IT. And then one of the recruiters said, oh, you know Java, there's actually a startup company that is similar to Java, but it's not exactly Java. So I was just like, what do you mean? It doesn't make sense. He said, just go and see what, because um, they want a broader uh, range of uh, computer languages, um, like a stack developer. So it sounds like you've got a good range of um, skills, so why don't you just go? So I went uh, for this interview, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And um, all I knew is it was the language is similar to Java, and I just literally just learned Java. And I bought my computer. And I was against like maybe 45 other candidates that just finished their degree uh, from uni with computer science and whatnot, and um, Java. And um, so I bought my computer and I showed them my website that I developed and also a um, bank uh, mortgage application that I built in um, within Java. And I showed them how it works. I showed them what I did and stuff like this and explained what I was doing and what I wanted to do in like in the, get into the, uh, my start off my career in IT. And luckily enough, they, they hired me. And they hired me because of my enthusiasm, they said, uh, mainly. And um, so I got into it. And my first three months of getting into that company, which is called Cloud Socials, um, my first three months, I got my 201 and my 401 certification in Salesforce. And three months later, I became a lead developer in that company. And then six months later, I got headhunted by three platinum Salesforce companies. One was BrightGen. One was Make Positive, and the other one was Cognitive Solutions. And I ended up going to Make Positive um, because one of the uh, employees that I knew from my um, previous comp um, Cloud Socials, he was at Make Positive, and he said I should go there. And I also knew some other people from um, the Salesforce London Meetup as well. So I chose Make Positive. And then I was at Make Positive for a year, and then um, I ended up going on some big projects um, like Sky Italia and things like this. And there was a, I was working with like um, Accenture, Deloitte, and Velocity. And one of the um, senior technical architects who were, who was a contractor, uh, we always met up as well because he lived in London and he was going, always going back and forth to Italy because that's where the job was in for Sky Italia. Um, he was like, Tyrone, you're such a smart guy. Why are you a permanent? Why are you, why are you still doing permanent roles? And I was like, what do you mean? What else is there? He's like, why don't you do contracting? And I was like, what is contracting? I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> and so he explained uh, what he does and how it works. And it's like, you've got to set up a company and whatnot. And, and at first, I was a bit scared um, about that, you know, anything about it. And then I just started researching it and then realized, you know what, um, it makes sense. Um, everyone that's got a high skill level ends up going contracting anyway and things like this. And it got to a point where I had the disagreement with my um, my current uh, employer um, regarding favoritism and things like this. For me, the reason why I went contracting was simply not because of the money, was simply because I did not like politics. I do not like the politics that you get in certain companies um, that you just tend to get, whether it's favoritism, um, this person is taking out the director for drinks and so he's getting better projects and blah, blah, blah. Or when someone says, oh, do this amount of work and then we'll reward you. But then when the reward is supposed to come, it doesn't come. So I was just like, you know what, let me just go contracting and let me actually get paid my worth for any hassle that comes my way. Do you know what I mean? So um, I started going, I started my company, started going contracting and I started working for massive companies such as uh, like Raffle Awards, Netaporte, um, AIG, Velocity, um, like just crazy, like Capgemini was my, one of my last projects I was on um, for DOG as well. And um, I just I just excelled so much whereby I was taking in so much uh, knowledge, not just at the workplace. I was basically, when, when people go to work, that's where they normally learn. Whereas me, I learned when I was at work and also when I went home. So when I went home, literally, there was a TV on and there was a computer in my lap. And so that's how I progressed and managed to excel above a lot of my peers that were even in the industry before me, many years before me. Um, I probably know like 12 to 13 different computer syntaxes and languages um, about now um, that ranges from web development, uh, mobile app development, and um, Salesforce. And I've even got a developed a mobile app as well, um, like four years ago with my um, offshore team. Um, and we developed two, one for iPhone, one for um, Android. Um, and that's for my fashion company as well. Um, but with 
Um, so I incorporated both the industries that I was doing at that particular time. But with Salesforce-wise, I just kept on learning from the other TAs, learning from different projects, learning how business works. When I was at Net-A-Porte, I was there for like almost two years. And I learned so much because there were no um, like BAs at that particular, on the particular project that I was on. And so I had to learn to be a BA. I had to learn what the business wants, not just the technical aspect, but the business aspect, um, how they think, what they want to see, um, how to debug issues, how to work with um, a, a billion dollar company. They're not million, they're a billion dollar company. So you learn lots of different things. And from that, I just excelled a lot to the point where I was doing technical architect roles, solution architect roles, technical lead roles, senior developer roles. I was able to um, go into any type of situation and handle the different climates and different personalities within a company and um, put my own spin on things and make sure that um, the project runs smoothly. So um, pretty much that's my story in Salesforce. Like I had no background in IT whatsoever, learned it from myself from free websites and YouTube and then got a job in, um, in IT uh, from a startup company and then excelled straight away from there. Um, and then people started noticing my skill level and my ability. And then from then just took off really. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes, that makes total sense. And, and you are correct. Um, I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> I, have, I have literally nothing to compare it to. Well, you have, you have mentioned a few things in there. I, I would really want to kind of dissect a few points that you, that you yeah. there. And probably one of them is, is um, um, you know, you not having an IT background. Yeah. You know, where, and, and Salesforce is very, um, is very welcomed, I guess, or, you know, it's very welcoming when it comes to non-IT um, individuals. You know, yeah. you can do so much without code, um, you know, um, myself included, to be honest. Um, but in the same time, you are not really doing something without code. You're actually, you know, you're a programmer, fully fledged person that, like you said, you can you can work in a, in a range of, uh, of languages. And my question around that, this is not really specific, I guess, to Salesforce, um, but how do you, how, how, how does one kind of force themselves to say, or to convince themselves to say, I haven't gone through a three-year degree or four-year degree in computer science. You know what, I'm going to follow two, three, five uh, YouTube tutorials to, to the point or, you know, get on, on um, what is it, Code Academy, I think. There's another one that does, does things that are coding. You mentioned W3. Yeah. So how does the one, someone kind of force themselves to say, my past doesn't matter in terms of, you know, what I studied or what I didn't study. Yeah. Uh, I will make a, a 180 degree switch from, like you said, you've, you've studied sports um, yeah. and, and you've basically right now you're, you're into IT and computer science. How does that one? How, how does one do that? You know what? It's it's you know what? It's, it's I would say it's probably my 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 background. Like I would I would say because of my background. Like I'm not from a wealthy background. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't have like excess um, wealth or uh, like I'm just average. And my goal in life was always to like like play football, earn a certain amount live good, be able to look after my future my future family and things like this. And um, the thought of me not being able to play football was very detrimental for me, like for my goals, for my how I saw my future. And um, I was, even when it first happened, I was a bit depressed because I was like, what do I do? I need to do something. I can't just, I don't know, I, I can't just be average Joe, do you know what I mean? That's not my life. I didn't want that. And so that, dro that drive drove me into IT. That drive made sure I didn't do a nine to five. I did a 24 seven. I like, I, I was going to sleep at like, when I first started learning like Java and C++, which is very complex um, when you first get into it, I was going to bed at around like two, 3 a.m. and then waking up maybe 8 a.m. to get ready to go to school or uni or, or work, whatever I was doing at that time. Um, so that drove me to continue to excel like like you said i knew i was behind not just the fact that someone went to um um had a degree and did three years of learning through a teacher and courses i was behind because there's already a person in the company that's already got seven to ten years experience coding and so i was determined to 
go past. I had to surpass them. That's my only way to excel. I had to get to a point where I kept them betting myself. I didn't compete against other people. I I competed against myself because I know my determination and my limits are based about how, how much work I put into myself. If that makes sense, I like again. I met a lot of people throughout my career that were at a good level. Say they were just maybe at a senior developer level or just at an t- architect level, and they said that's it. I didn't want to learn anymore. They did not learn anymore. They did not refresh their um, sales certifications. They didn't care. They were earning a certain amount and they didn't want to excel. They didn't want to learn enough. They learned enough just to get by and get the wage that they want. Whereas me, I was always wanted to improve myself, always wanted to um, reach a certain goal and then go on to the next one. I was always wanting to just to be able to to uh, to put things in place determined by my work ethic rather than having to rely on someone else, for example. And so this is what the drive was, and this is how I got to where I was, basically. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that, that, that totally makes sense. And, you know, the whole thing about... Um... Um, I forgot who said this, but the idea, I think maybe, maybe the rock, the Johnson or something like that. He said something like, you know, he's, he knows that every time he enters the room, he's the hardest worker in the rooms. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of, you know, makes, makes himself always kind of, uh, or actually, you know, pushes himself all the time, um, yeah. to try to outwork, uh, outwork everyone. Um, the, the other thing I was going to, to mention, cause you did say that, you know, people or, you know, probably some of your advantages or, or some of the things that have helped you, um, you know, kind of pursue a career and, and push yourself is the variety in terms of skills and in terms of, yes. you know, technologies, I guess. Sure. Uh, so if, if you think about, you know, again, taking, taking away, taking away, taking away, um, Salesforce, um, you know, out of, out of the question, um, so not really in a way kind of specific to Salesforce, but the idea would be how would or or how did learning all these skills or these technologies um, or having experience in all, all these industries around you help you as, you know, in your journey yeah. um, in, in order to first differentiate yourself from yeah. everyone else and secondly to to provide you with a breadth of skills that you can you can basically, you know, you know, deliver good good services and good yeah. quality work. Yeah. Before I even answer that question, I want to get in a topic, just a quick topic about something what you said, but in regards to Salesforce itself. So right now, when you um, to be a developer in Salesforce, it's much more, more harder than when I first got into Salesforce, which was I don't know six years, six seven years ago maybe, um, and that is because. This, you have Apex and Visual Force, which is the classic version of Salesforce. Then you have Aurora component and Lightning, which is um, current um, uses of what most companies are now either trans, um, using or integrating into now from classic to Lightning. And then you have um, Lightning web components, which is a completely different framework on how you code and how it works. And so you have to learn three different types of um, coding in the platform. Whereas when I joined, you only had to work on one, which was just Apex and Visual Force. And as gradually as these new other frameworks came in place, I started learning them as we, uh, as it came in. Um, so it's much harder for um, someone brand new to get into Salesforce in terms of the develop, development world. Um, so I just wanted to say that in terms of um, your question, um, how um, how how my um, ability, like the different skills that I had in terms of the different uh, coding syntaxes and computer languages that I learned, it helped me because it's normally when you, in my experience, um, you have, in big companies, you have a CSS developer, they call it web or um, UX uh, developer. And they're specifically for the design and UI and they do all the CSS and the basic HTML of things. Then you have the um, Salesforce developer that does like the Apex, the backend logic, connecting it to the front end and uh, setting up the configuration and things like this. And because I had both, I had um, skill set of, I knew how to design a page like using um, HTML, CSS and JavaScript and things like this. Um, And then I also learned Java and Apex, which is the backend side of things. Um, It helped a lot because they didn't have to hire two different people. This hired me basically. And that saved them money 
and it also shone a light onto my skill set and my ability. And that's what I learned as well. I learned that the more you can do, the more um, people will shine to you, the more, especially as a contractor, you're more likely to get the role than other per another person that's very just highly skilled in one thing. If you can do multiple things, it's actually saving them um, money because they don't have to hire multiple different people. Um, that's why myself, I even class myself as a triple threat because um, I can do senior development, I can do solution architect, and I can do the technical architects side of things. And when you are in sales, specifically inside Salesforce, um, in the industry within Salesforce, um, a technical architect is not going to be doing it. He doesn't do development. He just does the technical side of things. He does the um, the understanding of how you can integrate into Salesforce. He does the diagrams. He does um, the high-level architecture um, documentation and things like this, has board meetings, solution architect. They don't do development. They just do the solution side of things. Then you have the developer who just does the development. He gets the information from the technical architect or um, the solution um, person and says, okay, I've done this before. He does evil research or he knows what he's doing and he just develops. He doesn't do the technical architect side of stuff. But if you can do all three, that shines a light on you and your skill level and you're more likely to increase your wage and also get hired for different roles and different jobs. So the more you're able to do um, within Salesforce and also outside Salesforce as well, um, the better. Because it just shines a light on your skill set and your ability to learn and adapt into the current market that we're in today. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And quite quite slightly, I would want to kind of, you know, again, just, just to follow up on, on something uh, in terms of if you just take these three roles, um, and, and you are correct. You know, you, you would be on on an advantage um, when it comes to when it comes to other other peers in terms of uh, applying for probably kind of the same position, same contract, and job, etc. Um, my, my question to that is, and I guess this is a kind of a, a situational type type uh, um, you know scenario. Have you found yourself in in a situation where you know you're only required to do one of those? Um, yeah. uh, and, and how did you how yeah. did you interact with the other person on the other side? Somehow are you like basically what I'm trying to understand? Somehow are you kind of slipping in in terms of you know if you're the developer and you have you need to work with with the technical architect? How do you yeah. kind of you know in a way kind of force yourself to keep keep to your responsibilities if you make sense? And, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Be, yeah. I, I completely understand that. And um, how you how I do it is all depend, um, determined about how good the team is. Because normally you're in a team. And if I've been in a role where I'm just been, I've just been a developer and there's been other um, people above me, the solution architect and technical architect, and I've been in a project whereby the technical architect just was not good. <laughs> that's, that's the kindest way to put it. Like the, the solution was not going to work. Um, the data models were not going, was not, what's the word, it was not um, scalable enough for what the business want, wanted at that particular time. And um, so what I did, again, I had to stick to my job as a developer, but when you see something wrong, you have to take, you have to speak to the organization or the person that you, is in charge of you and put them to one side and explain your theories, um, what um, your approach would be, um, explain, like even do a demo to them. I've done that multiple times as well. And just um, give them an insight of what other options there were. Um, but you just have to make sure, like you just have to remember, even though you're doing a developer role, you can still help on other occasions. And again, that in my career is also what's helped me in my career. I've not, like I've had, um, when I was at Netaporte, I was supposed to be just a senior developer, but I ended up being a BA. I ended up doing solution architect. I was um, a technical architect. Do you know what I mean? I was doing so much different things. And this is why, as a contractor, you normally get three months contract. And I got three months. My first one was a three-month contract at Netaporte. Then they gave me another one. Then they gave me six months. So they kept on extending me because I was doing so much more than what my role was um, because I was able to understand the technical side of things and um, and like help out when needed. Even though it's not my role, um, you need to also give respect for the person that does have that role. Um, but again, it's just about um, helping the project come along. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're on a project, no matter even if you're doing a good job, if the project goes bad, then at the end of the day, all your all your all your hard work is going to waste basically at the end of the day. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 makes uh, that makes total sense. Uh, what I was gonna what I was gonna say, you know, something that again you kind of touched upon. I would really want to kind of switch over. You mentioned that potentially right now, um, you know, the the entry criteria or the barrier it may be just slightly bit more more difficult to call yourselves a a a fully fledged Salesforce developer or or have that because right now, like I said, you, you probably need Visual Force page or Visual Force. Um, however you, you do that, then you need Apex, of course, then you have lightning components, you have the web component yeah. and everything and everything in between, uh, in case, in case there's anything to anything else to do. Now, um, if you were to start again, uh, how would you, how would you approach it then? And, and would you probably, uh, you know, kind of go to the root of, of, of trailhead first, or would you kind of do the courses or would you start again with Java potentially? Um, um to be honest, I would start exactly how I did. Like how I did was the perfect way to get into IT and especially Salesforce because Salesforce in itself uses the web developer. It's a, it's a web platform. It's a web-based um, um, platform. At the end of the day, you go online to a website, www.salesforce.com. You log in and then what you're seeing is a mixture of different frameworks, but it uses CSS and HTML, which is the basis of web development, basically. Um, it's got a lot of JavaScript as well. Like Aurora is based off a um, JavaScript framework. Um, it's part of like an Angular J, um, Angular JS framework as well. Um, that's where the um, module visual controller um, type of framework first initial um, came up came across from my understanding. Um, so how I learned IT was a perfect example. Learn web development first because that teaches you the core, the core. Like in every single um, platform you're going to use, .NET, all, they all use some sort of CSS, some sort of styling to um, get their page or the UI screen a certain way. And most likely, you're going to use HTML as well. So learn HTML, learn CSS, learn JavaScript, and then either learn your .NET or your Java or C, um, C Sharp or things like this, your backend or PHP, your backend type of um, framework um, and computer syntax, just to understand, okay, how, how the backend works. But for me, you you have to learn the front end and the back end, and that's and I would say you learn the front end first and then learn the back end um, because that just teaches you a, a broad understanding of what you're trying to do, how you achieve it, how do you debug it. A lot of the time, um, when we develop something in Salesforce specifically as well, you're debugging it. There's so much issues. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, whether it's down to you missing the comma or um, the UI, like something's just, you forgot a field or, it, it, you, you need to understand what, how to fix things and how to adapt to certain situations. And so you, for me, you need to fully understand both the front side, end side of things and the back end side of things. So I would say, if you learn the front end, then go into the back end, that's the best um, process. I would also say in terms of Salesforce, again, the same way I learned Apex Visual Force, then Aurora Lightning, and then um, um, Web Components um, last. That's what I would say to learn in that order. If you do it the other way around, um, I think it's going to be more complex. Um, Aurora um, Lightning and Web Components is much more harder to learn than um, Apex and Visual Force. So I would say learn the easiest things first because a lot of big companies are still in classic um, simply because Lightning isn't fully compatible yet. I think it might be like 90% the way there now, um, but it's not 100% from my last um, reading on Lightning. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's always about learning both the front and back end. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. Um, what I was going to say, what I was going to say um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of getting into this, because you, you kind of slightly mentioned at the beginning, um, potentially something that kind of pushed you or forced you towards uh, yeah. becoming a becoming a contractor. Um, I was going to say, in case you would have to reassess that, if it makes sense, your your approach and you know the decision making process. Um, and in case you were to let's just say kind of encourage someone, or or would you actually encourage someone to actually you know kind of go into contracting? The what would be what would yeah. be the approach to that? The craziest thing I actually um, I started. I'm actually starting a YouTube channel. Um, and teaching people web development and um, when are you ready to become a contractor, what is a contractor, and even Salesforce as well. And one of the courses is um, what is a contractor, what is a Salesforce contractor, and when am I ready to become a Salesforce contractor? 
and it talks about basically giving like you need to be able to handle pressure a lot of the time when as a contractor you're going to be by yourself and you're going to be in a job and they're going to expect you by yourself to know what you're doing or if you don't know what you're doing you need to research and be able to develop it and a lot of the times you're doing something brand new they want the latest features that's just come out and you need to be able to handle yourself you need to be able to understand how to speak to um the senior directors and ceos and um if there's an issue don't panic um do you know what i mean you need to be able to adapt to certain situations and so a lot of people ask me the same question um do you think i'm ready should i go contracting now things like this and the first thing i would say to them is do you still need help when you're developing if you do then you're not ready and that's simply because again you're going to be by yourself you need to be able to learn to think for, for yourself. You need to be able to um, think on your feet and handle certain situations and be able to handle pressure. Uh, for me, um, a lot of people think pressure is something that you need to be stressful about. For me, pressure is something different. I see pressure as just workload. And because I'm a hard and fast worker, pressure is just time. It's nothing. I can just do that in, in my working hours. Do you see what I mean? I don't feel pressure. I just see it as okay, this is going to take me three hours. This is going to take me four hours. I just need to debug this and research this and come up with the solution. Um, and so you need to be able to able to handle pressure, basically, by yourself. And then after that, once you feel like you have the capabilities to figure out different solutions, um, you feel that you're getting enough attention from your clients that you're working with or your company that you're working with to say you're doing good jobs, then I would say, um, you can start thinking about or looking into uh, becoming a contractor. But I would say you need a minimum within Salesforce, a minimum of two years um, to become a Salesforce contractor. And that's a minimum. Um, because again, even if you're in a one job and, and in multiple different companies as well, because even if you're in one job for five years, for example, doing one particular thing, one particular project, for me, you're still not good enough. Because different companies will use the same platform, use Salesforce and the same features such as Service Cloud, uh, Service Cloud, sorry, but they'll use it in multiple different ways. One person will use it for just um, some big massive integration. Another um, company will use um, New Voice Media. Um, another person might use it for um, Customer 360 and getting different um, components and um, using different features and milestones and things like this. So you need to actually learn all the diff not just what the feature is, but how different companies and um, are using it and the different scenarios you can use it, if that makes sense. So this is why, for me, you need to be able to handle pressure. You need to be within sales for a minimum two years, and you need to be um, worked on multiple different projects within Salesforce. So that's my criteria, basically, uh, for when you're ready to be a Salesforce contractor. Yeah, and, and to be honest, um, I'll, I'll say that I can probably relate to that <laughs> just because I've, uh, it, it basically in my experience, I've, I, I've worked for, for an ISV for, for a few good years. And even though you kind of moved uh, through the ranks, um, technically we were implementing the same package, uh, you know, multiple applications, yeah. but it was kind of the same package. So you do it once, you do it twice, you do it three times. The fourth time is, well, I, kinda, I, I feel that I've been here before. Yeah, so you're, you're basically your your learning pattern. You're kind of stagnating in, in terms of that. Um, yeah. And when when I moved over to consulting, I, I you know let's just say I've I found myself in a few situations where previously I thought I think I'm good at this part, but then because it was a completely different thing that we were doing, I found myself kind of um, thinking. I think I'm not good at this part. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you know, got, uh, literally, literally been through that situation. Um, now, something that I would again want to emphasize on this, and and you know, th those are like you said, uh, potentially, you know, kind of you sharing some of that knowledge over over on YouTube again. You know, kind of uh, feeding the community the same thing that that you know you've kind of uh, you know picked up whenever you kind of looked into um, uh, web development and so on. Um, but what I was going to say is, in case you were to um, to emphasize on 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 ways that people will be able to will be able to, in a way, improve those those quote unquote kind of soft skills or experiences. Because the way I'm thinking about it, I remember uh, the first time that I ran a, a workshop, 
it, it wasn't planned. Um, it was something alongside the person that I was was on on, on our way to the client. He said, um, "So, do you want to run the workshop today?" And <laughs> I and we were literally in the car, probably about twenty five minutes to get to the client. And I was thinking, yeah. well, I have two options. I say yes, and then I'm going to put myself into in a very uncomfortable situation. But you know, the whole thing about you know. There's there's no way of of learning if you if you're in your comfort zone. Or second, I can say no, and then I'm gonna you know when am I going to say you know well I do a bunch of prep at home like you know prep in the mirror type thing or like you know have a plan because I mean I've been at workshops before it wasn't that it was it was something foreign to me. Um, so I said yes, and after you know it kind of went okay, um, but afterwards you know I had I had a baseline where to kind of improve from and, and so on and so forth. But what my, my question would be um, to you is is how would you how would you encourage someone to kind of put themselves into these type of uncomfortable situations or potentially you know get uh, or move move jobs because like you said you know if you're kind of staying in the same place potentially yeah. the, there is a stagnation in there so in my mind somehow you kind of need to know where you want to be in five years yeah. and then kind of work your way backwards if it make if it makes sense yeah, yeah. Would, would you kind of think about it that way. Yeah, there's yeah, just definitely that way to think about it. Um, so sometimes it doesn't always plan out the way you want to plan out, <laughs> um, but it's definitely a way to think about it because you need to, like you said, you and um, you mentioned as well, you need to be able to understand how the platform can be used in multiple different ways. If you only know one way, it's it's, it's just not right because the platform is used so many different ways. I, I can't even tell you. I've done so many different ways, um, features in different aspects and um, integrated in different ways. It's just amazing now. Like I've got so much comprehension of what the Salesforce platform can actually do. Um, it's it's very it's very amazing. I've actually got to a point where I actually reconstructed Salesforce functionality to make it work for a business client. There's there's so much <laughs> you can actually do in Salesforce. You just need to have the experience. Yeah, I think that's the word, the experience. And if you feel that you're, like you were saying, doing the same thing and you need to, you need to get the experience working in different um, environments, different clients, I say do it. Like the hardest thing, uh, even for me, the thing that stopped me going into contracting straight away was fear. Do you know what I mean? Am I going to get a job? If, what if I don't um, pass probation? Or, do, do, do you know what I mean? You just get scared. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't take chances, if you don't, if you don't take the risk, then you're not going to, you're not going to improve. You're not going to meet your goals. You're not going to get that, um, that five-year plan that you wanted. You see what I mean? If you stay, if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to change. Do you know what I mean? Only yeah. the people that change, that's when you come out of your circle. Do, there's a saying, um, doing something over and over again, um, and expecting a different result is a sign of madness. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> you have to change what you're doing. If you don't want to be in, in your environment, then change it. Um, I didn't want to be in retail, for example. I learned from um, on my phone, in the back room, in the stock room, on my phone. I was learning YouTube. I was um, learning web development on my phone at the time. So trust me, you have to change what you're doing. You can't complain. You just have to learn. You have to do something that out of the norm that, will get you to where you want to go to. And that includes you improving yourself or um, getting a different job within the IT industry if you feel that you're not learning anymore. Do you know what I mean? The good thing about becoming a contractor, when you are a contractor, um, which is a bit um, controversial, I can't even say that word properly, um, is basically a lot of people say you, you won't learn what the permanent, um, the permanent companies, like the consultancy will say, don't become a contractor, you won't learn anything. That's completely false. I actually learned more as a contractor than I did when I was at permanent because I was into um, learning different environments. I was put into different environments or putting into companies that wanted the latest features. Um, and so I could learn lots of new things. Do you see what I mean? I, I was in charge of different people. I had to learn how they thought. I learned of them as well, even the people underneath me. I learned of how they worked and the type of um, coding that, and standards that they've done. Um, so when you put in the different environments, you just learn. It's like... Um, this take out of IT, for example, if you go to different countries, you learn their culture. You see what I mean? You go to Miami, you learn the Miami culture. You go to Africa, you learn their culture. You go to India, you learn... Do you see what I mean? You're always going to learn. So my my thing is don't be afraid because I think fear is the biggest factor for change. Do you see what I mean? 
you you got to get out of that fear factor. You just have to throw yourself in the deep end and say, this is my change. I need to change something to get my goal. This is my change. And then see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes uh, makes makes total sense. Um, the last thing that I was gonna gonna ponder upon um, here is, uh, again, we kind of talked about you know what you should probably consider in terms of getting a con uh, or moving on into contracting. You know things that you should really really think about if you're ready or not uh, uh, to actually to actually get into this. But what I was going to say is, what what would you what would you kind of say to someone when it comes to you know that decision they've made the decision to get into contracting uh but right now it's about getting those contracts in um and and you know i, I spoke with someone i think it was a very similar situation they've been contracting for the last 10 years or so um um in 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 new york uh and basically the guy said that you know by just delivering very very good work um he he never had to look for a job because he always had something lined up uh, when he was finishing his his existing or his current contract, um, but I guess I don't know. I'm thinking from my side is you probably need a very good relationship with recruiters. You kind of need to know would you like specialize in an industry in terms of how would you kind of you know advise someone to kind of make sure that they're always there's always another contract after the one that you finish. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is make sure you're LinkedIn. The amount of, like all my jobs pretty much have come from. Either someone contacted me directly um, from either uh, a, comp- a person that's worked with me before, whether it's a project manager or a developer, or a recruiter contacted me through LinkedIn. LinkedIn is amazing for contractors, um, especially in the Salesforce industry. They will recruiters will come and find you. You don't need to worry about finding the job. They will come and find you. Like I had to turn off my notifications on my LinkedIn app on my phone because I was getting buzzed up from multiple different recruiters every two days. It, it was crazy. They were offering me crazy money. Um, I was just like, I was overwhelmed when I became a contractor, when I first, my first year in the contracting. Um, I didn't realize how, um, how vast it was. I didn't realize, like, I was always under the impression that you need to go on to, like, read.com and monster.com and pull up your CV and things like this. No, it's, complete, it's, almost the op- it's completely the opposite. They come after you. And they come after you if you have a very good profile on your LinkedIn. So if they can see you've done lots of different jobs, if they can see your, you've got lots of different certifications, there's got recommendations, et cetera, et cetera, um, they come after you. They, they will search like keywords such as um, seeing developer, technical architect, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll just look at you and compare you to see if yeah, you have the skill level or skill set for their particular um, client that they're trying to hire for. Um, so I would say make sure you're on LinkedIn. Make sure you have a good, um, your LinkedIn profile is very good. It's up to date. Put all your skill set on it and get anyone to give you recommendations and things like this. Um, and then you will start to get results. You start to get recruiters contact you randomly, randomly. And um, in my situation, even today, um, which is good, I've got maybe a good, there's three, the main three companies in Salesforce um, to date, they 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 fully know me. Their their director old knows me. Their CEO knows me. The 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 people underneath them they know me. Um, and they know my skill set. So whenever a project comes in, because they want to, every every recruitment company competing against each other, right? And so they need to make sure that they get the best client, so they can get the actual commission. They can get the money, right? And so they make sure they get that. Um, try to get the best person for that role. And so if you're good and the recruiter knows you're good and your success rate for interviews and getting hired is good, they're going to contact you all the time. Even if you're in a contract role, um, they'll, they'll contact you again saying, oh, are you free? When are you free again? Do you know what I mean? So again, like we were saying, you put in good work, you put that up on your um, your profile, on your LinkedIn, um, you will get noticed 100%. I don't know one person that has become a contractor um, that done certifications and things like this that haven't got contacted randomly out of the blue um, from multiple different contractors at different times of the year. Um, again, it's, it happens not just at, at any particular period, it happens throughout the whole year. So that's what's good about, for me, the IT industry and Salesforce. It's one of the best industries to get into. Uh, a lot of people, even in this day and age, are suffering. A lot of people getting furloughed. A lot of people don't have a job and things like this. But the IT industry, especially Salesforce, 
there's a lot of people still in the job earning the same money. So it's, it's for me, it's one of the best industries to get into. And if you're skilled and if you put your time in and time and effort into it, you will get your reward. And this is why I love IT, to be honest. If I knew about this, I would have wasted my time doing sports. I'm, <laughs> in sports. I'm telling you, I would have done IT a long, long time ago. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, the whole thing about 2020 vision, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's probably because in in terms of uh, in terms of my study, I've um, I've studied uh, like supply chain and uh, supply yeah. chain and, and logistics, um, and and I ended up um, again, you know, part of the part of the path. Um, I've I've ended up kind of doing uh, and being involved in Salesforce. Um, what I was going to say uh, is. You know, you, you've kind of, you know, mentioned, um, you know, kind of contracting, you know, kind of moving back and forth uh, in terms of skills and, and being ready. And we also kind of touched upon, you know, what's kind of the best way to, to kickstart uh, kick on that and, you know, kind of make yourself in a way uh, findable, if, if, if that's a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not really searchable, but, but findable searchable, because, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like, you know, the and, and LinkedIn is, is a brilliant platform. You know, they, um, they really kind of... Um, provide a lot of opportunity for for you know contractors and even people that are permanent yeah. um i was gonna say is there is there anything else that you would want to kind of you know i guess share uh, advice or you know send people over to um towards you know uh, again you know, towards a, a piece of piece of content or, or a piece of resource that you would you would encourage anyone um to to get into this um like i would say um for people, I, I tend to get people that are not in IT, wanted to get in IT. They've seen what I've done. I, like, I got into IT. I became a contractor in two years, exactly two, or less than two years into me first. No, I think it was like three, two and a half years. Two and a half years took me from not knowing any code to becoming a Salesforce contractor in two and a half years. And people see that and understand that and said, wow, that's amazing. You're earning this and doing this and um, you have so much free time, you're working from home. Honestly, also IT, when it comes, one of the perks for working in IT, something called work from home. You don't get that in any other industry. I've never seen that. So it was like heaven to me. But um, my advice for uh, people that want a cheating career, because again, I was in retail before when I was younger as well. A lot of people wanted to change their career or they were just doing it while they were in uni um, and wanted to get a different career and things like this. I would always suggest to get into IT, even if it's not Salesforce, do web development or .NET or something, get into IT because the world is evolving around um, IT now. It's, it's Everything's going um, digital. Like if you look at Argos, I remember um, Argos was always about big books that um, had the catalogs and big books and you had to look through the books and figure out which item you want and then you had to write it down and then go to the cash point and things like this. Now, everything's a tablet. Everything's on the, um, on the tablet screen and you type in the code, you can search for everything. Like and that's all done by a program. Someone did the user interface, someone did the wireframes. Do you know what I mean? And everything's going to be going digital soon. soon like even this, through this COVID thing, a lot of companies that survived were digital. The ones that weren't digital just sunk. You see what I mean? Woolworth sunk even before the COVID. Um, um, Debenhams were sinking even before the COVID. Um, with, uh, was it, is it House of Freezer or? Yeah, yeah. Or, or I can't remember. The another one in West End. They they just didn't have a good online platform. And it shows when you don't have that, you're not reaching um, your target audience. You're not getting your customers that how other um, companies are. And it's a world now where we're living by technology. So the safest industry to get into is IT there will always be IT. There will always be new computer languages. There will always be a new framework that's best, that's better than a previous framework. They're always like, everyone's doing AI now and things like, did you see what I mean? And I, AI is always evolving, always adapting to change and people's habitats and people's spending and how they move about and things like this. So I would always advise someone to get into the IT industry. I don't, you don't need to know the IT industry to get into it. Don't be scared to make change. Um, again, I'll be doing, uh, I started my own YouTube channel. Um, I've only got a few videos up, but I'm going to be making it um, throughout this period. Um, and then it's going to be teaching you for free web development and giving you ideas about why to get into the IT industry, what is the IT industry, 
because um, a lot of people's concept about what is IT, they think it's just nerds with glasses. Do you know what I mean? And you're at a desk all day. That's so incorrect. Like my first job, it was the most relaxed thing. Like you can go out to the shops, like without asking no one. You can just get up and go and get a coffee, come back, go back to work. Um, people would talk about their day, daily life, having fun. There was a ping pong table. You, you and the director would just um, have ping pong for like 10 minutes and then go back to work. Do you know what I mean? It was a very fun environment. And um, people don't know this. People don't understand this. And I think um, people don't talk about it because they don't want to get too saturated. So the market, um, the IT market doesn't um, crash per se, if that makes sense. Um, but IT is a very, for me, it's a very fundamental industry to get into if you want a um, successful and a stable career for me. So I would yeah. always suggest uh, for people that are not in IT to get into IT. Um, you don't need to be a developer and learn code to um, to get into IT. You can be a configurator, uh, which basically means you're just setting things up and doing point and clicks. You're reading from a document or a manual and you're just setting it up, basically. You don't need to do any code. So there's different ways. You can you can be a project manager in IT. Um, you can do so many different things in IT. Uh, and there will always need, there will always be a need for IT, some sort of, sort of platform or uh, utility within um, the IT industry. So I would always suggest someone or people that want to change their career but don't actually know yet to get into IT. Perfect. Especially perfect sales yeah. yeah, especially Salesforce, of <laughs> course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, I, uh, and I have a question for you as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so as, um, as you were saying, Salesforce, one of my issues with Salesforce itself is that, um, and a lot of people understand this, is that. Um, Salesforce grows every every year. Every three months, they're developing new features and um, acquiring new companies. And some sometimes for me, it's a thing where they'll buy a feature, buy a like they bought two below for one point two billion. They bought exact target and made it. I think it was uh, a region six and made it uh, marketing cloud and things mm -hmm. like this. Still great for their CPQ and things like this. And some of the features that they bought weren't that great. It was just there. Um, because people were using it at that time and they, that Salesforce platform didn't have a feature like that. So my question to you is, where do you think, do you think the business model of Salesforce is going to um, stabilize to a point where they stop buying other companies, acquiring other companies, and just focus on what they have and develop that? Or do you think that Salesforce platform is just going to keep on growing and it's going to buy, keep on buying what's available what's out there what's the next big thing yeah yeah that, that's that's actually a, a very very good point and um probably the short answer is they will never stop buying and and you know that's that's probably for two reasons and and the reason why i'm backing that why i'm saying that is probably because you know you look at the other tech giants you know even google is so big you know they never stop buying other companies yeah. or or you know your your Apple and so on and so forth. And, and basically the two reasons are one, uh, someone somewhere is developing something that is, is better for free um, than the feature that Salesforce currently has. I mean, think about, you know, Salesforce, they have Einstein analytics, even though, you know, that, that was way before in all of that. Yeah, yeah. And then they went and bought Tableau is why would they do that? Because they have an analytics pr uh, product, yeah. but Tableau was better uh, at, at certain things. Um, so that's probably the first thing, and probably the second. The second piece is, you know, just technology that is is being developed. And I'm just thinking about um, MuleSoft. You know, Salesforce yeah. didn't really have that in their portfolio, I guess. And then just, you know, they went. Well, MuleSoft is is a good addition to to what we have. So yeah. they so they'll probably they'll probably never stop <laughs> if it, if yeah. it makes sense. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so this is what remember when I was saying before I mentioned it. I feel sorry for people that's just getting into Salesforce now because there's so much more that you have to learn just to get to a good, okay standard. You see what I mean? You have Marking Cloud, you have Region 6, you have this tubular, you have Analytic Wave, you have um, Aurora Components, Web Components. There's so much and so much more that's going to be developed as well and, and bought. Um, it's just over, almost overwhelm, overwhelming sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah, that that, that I mean that, that makes that makes, like that literally makes makes total sense. And I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, you yeah. probably you know the 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 ladder will probably be different. That that's yeah. that's kind of what what it comes down to. Uh, you know, the ladder of actually someone going up the ranks or, or, you know, building their portfolio or building their knowledge base will probably yeah. look different um, to, you know, someone in, in the next two years compared to someone that has started 10 years ago. Um, yeah. I, I was speaking to someone and they were talking about um, the, the pre-lightning deployments from, from Salesforce, you know, always pushing things to classic and all of that. Yeah. Um, or I think, I think there was someone's like... Um, a very, very, a very, very early adopter of Salesforce when when they had that in the UK, where you know, in order to do a few uh, page layout and all of that, you know, some things you couldn't put into change yeah. sets and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my yeah. god, you know, that, that, that was an era where you know problems that we don't really have right now. So I think it's 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 the point that the ladder will look different to someone in in the next two years. Because yeah. you know what you'll probably have right now is someone that is a Tableau um, specialist. Yeah. They okay. Well, now uh, this is part of the Salesforce family, so now I need to I need to complement my skills. Yeah. So you'll probably see a wave of complementary um, you know specialists coming in um, and and you know kind of adding to the to the pool of uh, to the pool of knowledge in Salesforce. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and vice versa. Now I need to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> now you need to learn that. It is. Yeah, I mean, uh, and 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 I guess kudos to Salesforce in terms of always. You know, I'm just thinking about things like Trailhead and all that because I have a few yeah. friends that um, I've I've you know convinced them and tried to kind of push them towards that and and you know they changed changed careers literally. You know, they they've been yeah. in other jobs like you said retail or other things, and I said you know you could spend your time here or you could also, you know, spend six months or so or however time you feel that is needed, you know, learn uh, this, get a certificate, get somewhere like a junior admin type job yeah. where you're just doing tickets or, or, or page layouts or something and kind of work your way up in there. And then you're in the industry, like you said, you're in IT. Yeah. Um, then that, that, that skill is universal. You know, you, you move to move to the end, at the end of the world, you know, they're probably I think Asia is pretty big, like Singapore and 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 um, Korea and all of that. Um, um, you, you'll find a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, projects there. Of course, uh, America, Canada, all of that, Australia, you, and and of course Europe is, is you know Germany right now and and um, and Spain and France. You know, there's there some big projects. Funny enough, you mentioned that recruiters. Uh, I've had a few people in the last six to twelve months saying do you want to move to switzerland i'm like well that sounds good but no thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah thank you uh, thank you for that you know it does sound like an interesting offer um but no thank you <laughs> so so yeah there, there's always that um now tyron what i was going to say is again thank you for your time um nope. and you mentioned that you're going to do a few things on youtube you mentioned linkedin do you mind just like you know mentioning some of those those um Usernames or, or, or yeah, so um, my my name on um, LinkedIn should just be Tyrone Reed. Most likely, I'll be the first or second person um, with a big face, uh, big um, big smile on my face on LinkedIn. That's how you can tell it's, if it's me or not. Um, with YouTube, um, believe my YouTube channel's name is called Tyrone Learning, and um, I, I've got a few web um, web development videos up. I'm teaching from scratch, so even if you don't know web development, I'm teaching you from scratch. And it's so easy to learn. Literally, if you watch the first seven videos, um, you'll be you literally learn how to create a web page in the first seven videos. And that's maybe every video is like maybe 15 minutes long or something like this. And um, it's basic HTML and CSS, then we get into more advanced um, as we go along. And I'll be getting uh, making other videos in terms of not just um, how to develop, um, because say you don't want to actually be a developer, you just want to know about the Salesforce industry or in, um, IT in general. I also talk about making videos talking about IT in general, what it is, um, and breaking down the concepts of um, what you actually do, what's my daylight, um, when when do you become a contractor, or how do you know if you're ready to become a contractor, that type of thing. Um, so feel free um, to contact me on LinkedIn. Um, I can send you a link to my YouTube channel if you can't find me on YouTube for whatever reason. And um, also my company is called softwareeverything.com. Um, and I have a website which I just put up recently. Um, so you can contact me on that as well. Um, if you feel that you want to um, 
find out more about these YouTube videos or um, just IT in general. Like, I'm open to speak to anyone, really. Um, for me, I'm glad one of my friends, like I said, got me into this just by saying, here's a website, learn it yourself. So, so I'm happy to give that same advice to anyone else as well to help them in their career and um, their future goals, basically. So again, that's my website is www.softwareeverything, which is one word, software, then everything, one word, .com. So www.softwareeverything.com. Thank you for listening to the SFDC Consultant Podcast. Be sure to visit sfdcconsultant.com to access the show notes and discover additional content. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would be amazing if you could subscribe, give us a review and share it with your peers. Until next time, take care. <laughs>